Hello listeners and welcome to Squeezing the Orange of Social Science. I'm comedian Akinoma Bitter. And I'm Professor Dan Cable and I'm so excited to squeeze this orange today. I'm delighted. We've got a we've got a section from a conversation Dan and I had about gratitude. And which paper was this based on again, Dan? These are professors Amit Kumar and Nicholas Epley. They are professors at the University of Chicago Business School. And this is a, a really wonderful study that they published in Psychological Science about how we don't often give gratitude for people that make our lives better. And it's a bit about why does it seem like that's going to be really awkward to tell them, here's something you did that I really appreciate. Why does that seem awkward? And why is it that if you overcome that awkwardness, they actually really like that and appreciate the relationship more? Super. Okay, without giving away too much, let's jump them in. Hope you'll enjoy. Today's exciting episode, by the way, has been sort of given to us by Amit Kumar and Nicholas Epley. They're both at the University of Chicago in the business school there. And the whole article is on gratitude. And I think that if I needed to summarize it real quickly, which is often hard to do, but if I had to try to boil down four or five studies into a single paragraph, I think it's the idea that we as humans often don't tell other people why we appreciate them or what they do that makes us so grateful that they're there for us. We feel like that's not appropriate or that's awkward, but in fact, they would like to hear that. That in fact, while it may feel awkward for you to say those things, they don't feel that it's awkward and they actually really appreciate that. And in addition to that as well, Dan, what's fascinating as well, which is explored here is not just the uh, the feel-good factor, but also what that feel-good factor does to your quality of life as well. So this idea that if I share something of gratitude with yourself that you have done for me, perhaps, not only do you feel better for receiving that and me acknowledging you, I feel better as well somehow. So there's some parts of science where there's a bit of magic. And what I mean by that is this this dialogue that then happens between the two of us, whether it's verbal or written, however it's res- uh, however it's uh, translated or communicated, there's a bit of magic there where both of us now yes. feel better. Yes. And the studies suggest that this, uh, like, like, like positive human interaction has a positive impact on your health as well. And it, it would go as far to say that having a, a positive social life is one of the, I guess, great signifiers of, uh, I guess, of, of life, of quality of life. That's and right. that's right. Yeah. And that good stuff. I mean, some of the things that we read about here that were almost flooring are how when you lack social support, when you don't have good human connections, when it feels like you're out there on your own, it is worse. Uh, let me just read something here. It's as big a risk factor in early death as cigarette smoking and a greater risk than alcohol consumption, obesity, and air pollution. Which I, I chuckled at myself because if you give me a box of cigarettes, a bottle of booze, and some junk food... <laughs> First thing you do is look for a friend. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, How yo, man, together? who's coming over? Like, <laughs> ah, That's awesome. <laughs> so you get the best of both worlds. Oh, totally. Frankly. That's what I'm all about. And I think that that's... Um, the quality of life, both the health, but also just does it feel like it's a ride worth doing, are greatly enhanced by positive human social interaction. And what this particular paper focuses on is a particular door that can be opened up. I really like love thinking of it this way. Is It's a vehicle. It's a door. It's 
When you open this door and tell others, here's this stuff that you do that I really appreciate, it's counterintuitive, but that brings you both closer. And that's in some ways what I find the tension and the value of this article to be. So I don't know if we just want to jump into the studies and how they did it. Or yeah, well, what, yeah, what? Let's dive in. Let's dive in. And we're in now, listeners, by the way. So that was the dive in. So there's four studies, um, kind of five, because there's a free A and a free B. And what's worth noting is we're not going to go into depth with all of them because they are kind of all the same study. That's right. But what they've done on each one of the, is they've isolated different things. And the things that they're looking for answer the questions, why aren't we expressing more gratitude to one another? That's right. Maybe what I'll do uh, is at least start us, and you jump in whatever you can. I'm always can. ready to yeah, jump exactly. in. <laughs> I want to start just by giving listeners a sense of what's going on here. Like, what's the ask? And so imagine you get called into a lab and some researchers say to you, hey, how about writing some letters to some people you know really well, or you just thank them for a way that they've helped you in the past. And then before you do that, do you think that's going to be kind of cool or kind of awkward? Fill out these surveys. And so they say, oh, yeah, it actually is going to be kind of weird. Like I've not done that before. So awkward. And they kind of rate yeah, this is going to be a pretty awkward activity if you ask me to do that. And then the researchers say, well, is it going to be any good for the listener, the, re the reader? Like, if you send them this letter, are they going to like that? The answer they give is like, mm, no, I think they're not going to really appreciate it that much. Well, that's, I guess that's the first place that I'd love to jump in because one of the things that I really enjoy about behavioral science is what makes it so fascinating is we as humans, there is this belief that we are logical and we are rational. Yet the science suggests that our behavior isn't always logical, isn't always rational. And what I mean by that is the evidence suggests that me saying, expressing my gratitude to someone, I wouldn't think that they would appreciate it, which sounds bizarre yes. just saying yes. it out loud. It's like, yes. why wouldn't? Yes someone want to hear about the good things that they have done. And it is so interesting how they also did not think they'd be very surprised. They're, what they, they asked some questions about, how surprised will they be that you wrote? How surprised will they be by the stories and the gratitude you give them? And they're like, not. They're, overall, our internal presumption is, number one, it's going to be awkward. Number two, they're not going to be that surprised. And number three, they're not going to like it that much. Which, again, uh, shocks me because most of the mail that I get through the post is it's a combination of bills. They don't often make me very happy. Uh, I often get uh, some uh, logistical information from perhaps uh, supermarkets that I am subscribed to their uh, their club card programs. That makes me quite yeah, happy because yeah. usually it's like, oh, you know, here's some vouchers for some uh, some meat patties or whatever it is that I purchased. Some in cigarettes. Excess. Yeah, but I yeah yeah give me a twenty box of. <laughs> I don't even know what people smoke. It's, uh, but whatever's the good stuff, get me 20 Marlboro. sticks of that, please. <laughs> but I, I, I cannot think of a single occasion where I looked at, uh, at the floor, handwritten, it's my yeah. name, that's my address. Yeah. Yeah. I opened it and there was this letter 
But maybe I need to do more nice things, perhaps. But I don't think there's no, many people no. who it's a regular occurrence Correct. for them. And it doesn't even need to be a physical letter, like a, a phone call, a text message, an email. Uh, you know, so, like, the, yeah, there's, 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 there's a lot in that where it's kind of surprising that our, our nature would suggest that to express that wouldn't make the other person feel good. Exactly. I think it's um, that's a... A little counterintuitive if you were an alien. If you were looking down on Earth, like here's something I think about a lot, and this is a little bit strong. If you were looking down on Earth and you said, okay, here's this weird thing that these humans do. You ought to get a look at them. They live with each other and they store up these memories of times they've helped each other and times that like they've really contributed something to each other, but they don't tell each other that it matters until they die. Mm. Now, once they die, they call it a eulogy, and then they say it. Now, of course, by that time, the person's dead, so they don't hear you. That's how they do it down there. Those humans, they're wacky that way. And it's just, to me, a really interesting phenomenon where, for some reason, and they replicated this again and again and again, we believe, ah, it's too weird. I'm going to be really annoyed at my funeral, then. Tell me. I'm going to be really annoyed. I'll tell you why I'm going to be annoyed. There's going to be... There's going to be friends and family who I wish I'd spent more time with. And they're going to be saying the, all nicest, of this, the nicest things. Here's this time. I always loved Atkin because when he did this, it just lit up a room. Yeah. And they would tell this gorgeous story, by the way, that they've been storing until you die. Yes. Yeah, so That's I'm, a story they carried around for yeah. like a decade waiting for your death so I'm that they gonna, could tell it. I'm going to be mad as hell at my funeral. Like I'm going to be sat there, arms folded across my chest. Listening in, and I'm be like, I hate every one of you. And goodness me, if there's something on the other side oh of this, God. before we start enjoying it, you are getting an earful because I don't know. It's so interesting, and that's the way we do it. That's that's a decision across cultures that we humans have um, that we've made. And what I really love about this study is it holds the data up to that. It, it, it literally says, hey, you who might write a letter, how weird is that going to be? Okay, fine. Then they have them actually write the letters and mail them. And that means that real human beings who are their friends and family get these little letters lying on the floor. And then they ask those humans, hey, how much did you like that? And they ask them, hey, did you find that surprising? And of course, the answer is we grossly mispredict how awkward it will be. They don't find it awkward at all. We grossly undervalue how surprised they'll be. They said, oh, my God, this is so surprising. I, I wasn't <laughs> expecting this. And we grossly underpredict how happy it'll make them. It makes them very happy. It makes their day. It makes their week. And it would. And it's free. It would, because what do you get most days? Most days you get an, al an alarm that goes off before you're ready to get out of bed. And uh, forgive me if there's some like some bitterness or some acid creeping out. But after that alarm goes off, you then share what, like a bus or a tube carriage with like, I don't know, 80 other people. You then get to an office that's full of like someone who won't respond to your emails, someone who keeps adding things to your to do list. And maybe a performance evaluation. And Oh, goodness. Yeah, and then you go home and it's like, okay, I'm going to maybe squeeze in the, the gym because I want to extend this life, which I'm not enjoying that much. Like, I go home and like, well, I should eat healthy. So now I'm like chopping carrots, listening to Radio 6 or whatever it is that you fancy. If you're fortunate enough to have a partner, the two of you can spend, what, like an hour and a half before the yawns start creeping in? <laughs> like, 
And then not only that, when you are spending time with one another, what you're doing, you've put Netflix on and you're just pretty much, you're enjoying, I don't know, some weird documentary on like a serial killer together, but neither you're expressing this, this, and then you go to bed early enough so that you can hopefully feel fresh enough to do it again tomorrow. To do the madness the following day is insane. And if one day you came home and that letter was lying there on the floor, it would be very surprising. Um... I think maybe we want to dig into some of the studies a little bit more, but um, as an aside, there's somebody named Martin Seligman, and Martin Seligman's at the <laughs> university. <laughs> he was one of the parents of positive psychology, and he is at the University of Pennsylvania. He does a thing where he has people write the letters, just like um, Kumar and Epley do in this study, but rather than send them, he has them go and read them. Oh, I could see now. See, this is where this idea of like the the awkwardness like that. Just you, you you saying that makes me feel uncomfortable. I saw him just get you listeners. He just got what are called the heebie jeebies. <laughs> there was a bit of shaking of the shoulders. The <laughs> eyes dilated visibly. <laughs> that that makes me. Yeah, I, I can feel that. I can they feel both that cry. Yeah. Um, they both usually end up crying because what you do is you are reading this about a time when. You didn't know that you had such an impact on me, but here's what the event was, and here's what you said, and here's what it meant to me. And both people usually end up crying, and it brings them so much closer. They both have become vulnerable. They've shared a really important, intimate moment. It's the things that make humans like each other more, but we just don't do that. We don't. That's uh, against the law almost. You know, it's, <laughs> it, it's almost feeling immoral. Ooh. It's almost feeling like, oh, no, no, you wouldn't. Which is which is that 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 idea as well? Because one of the things that I had pondered on, and the the researchers didn't look into this. So one of the questions that I was pondering on myself is this idea of: Do we in part not express gratitude because we feel like what we we're doing now is we're putting a responsibility onto someone else? So it's this idea of if me and you meet. And when we meet, I'm like, yo, Dan, lovely shirt. You look fantastic. I now feel like I've put something on you where you now feel like, oh, now I have to look Akin up and down and try for the love of me to find to something, something yeah, up. about his appearance. That And I, and I, was, I guess this is just something Usually that I, I was say, wondering oh, myself. Oh, you have ears. <laughs> Just like, thank you. <laughs> You're wearing clothes. <laughs> but that that's a bit of an aside. Yes. But um, no, it was something that one. I was curious about. Are we now... Because part of what they they talk about is the, the egocentric bias, which when I tell people that I think of myself as a selfish person, they read that in a very negative way. And what I mean by it is I'm quite self-aware that a lot of my... Uh, actions they have a lot of self-interest in it as well so this egocentric bias Mm -hmm. it is it acts as a as a barrier so when we're asking the question of why people aren't expressing more gratitude part of it is this egocentric bias and what i mean by that is when i'm considering whether or not to express gratitude to you 
I'm thinking about how I feel and how I would receive gratitude. And what I'm also doing is I'm making an assumption on how you feel and how you would receive it. Mm -hmm. So I'm making it a bit, I guess, a bit about me, which might explain why, as humans, we hold on to all of these -hmm. these memories Mm -hmm. as opposed to giving them out. Because so long as we've held on to them, we can control Mm -hmm. what they mean as opposed to releasing them and then someone else gets to dictate what they mean. That's really interesting, I I feel like when I used the word vulnerable a little while ago, you just kind of cleaned up maybe what was under that statement. When I use the word vulnerable, maybe what's under that is this exposing yourself and the information about what you're grateful for in a way that opens you. Because you've let go of something that you used to control and hold. And it is maybe no um, sort of coincidence that being vulnerable is what makes friends stronger. You know, if you're impervious and only give away sort of the, the impression management story, people don't usually get too close. Because both people are just bouncing impressions off each other. When one person says something that's a little unexpected and maybe a little bit their deeper, darker feelings, that vulnerability seems to be what promotes the relationship and makes it bond better. So that's an interesting point. Um, I'm I'm glad I've made one. (laughs) <laughs> I say one an episode. Yeah, one. In, Listeners, yeah. tune in next week when Hacken makes his third good point. <laughs> oh dear! Don't, don't get me started, Dad. Um, I love it. Um, what would you? Okay, so here's one of my issues as I'm thinking about how to approach this. I don't want to bore the readers. Okay, in science, re- replicating is so important. It's so important that when you have a phenomenon that you might believe could happen and then you get data on it and it is, wow, it's not what you expected, it's great to replicate that. So you do it again. You do it with a different sample. You change it a little bit. Like in the very first study here, it was just in a class. You know, these guys, they, they ran a class and they had their students do it. And it, it showed this really cool effect. They're like, you know what? We got to do that again. So the second time, they're like, let's get out of the classroom setting. Let's bring just normal people from Chicago into the lab. And in this case, like, we're not just going to say, write those letters at home. We're going to have them write them right in front of us. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know how much of that we kind of want to share with the listeners because on the one hand, I love it because it's like social science at work. You replicate something four different times in four different ways and you keep finding that same effect. You can start to believe in the validity of that effect. Yeah. I don't know. How I, was, I was amused uh, by experiments one and two. So what amused me about experiment one is, so these are MBA students and I don't know how much they're paying a year. But not only are they paying a lot a year, this is in the States as well. And from my little knowledge about education in the States is prepare to be in debt. Yep. So, I think this might be, if I had to guess, between sixty and 70000 a year. Oh, well, yeah. Let's, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's comfortably enough to make you think, yo, professor, yep. Yep. I did not sign up for this class. <laughs> To be a research candidate. To be a lab rat. Yeah, to be a lab rat for one of the papers. 
<laughs> that you want to get published, okay? And then what, what chuckled me even further is when they then take it out of the classroom to the people of Chicago, <laughs> they give them money. money. Yeah, they're like, yo. We got to motivate you. These yeah. other people are captives. I mean, they got to do because their grades are riding on it. You people in Chicago, we're going to give you a fiver. Yeah. And oh, by the way, here's what's so great. We're going to give you a fiver so that you can make your relationships better with people. Yes. That's really cool and interesting. And again, you listeners, um, isn't it interesting that even after this point where, I don't know, are we 10 minutes into our conversation, 15 minutes, however far into our conversation we are, I'll bet you none of you are ripping out the piece of paper to write your first letter. Oh, no, they're waiting to hear what more we have to say, Dan, of course, as soon as we finish. Then, yeah. then. Oh, yeah, yeah, then the, uh, yeah, the, uh, the on this. <laughs> but what I find really compelling and interesting, Akin and I both work with an organization called Ascentic. And at Ascentic, part of what we do is we help people go through this process, um, both the sort of writing of the stories of when you've seen other people at their best and then the compiling of those um, stories. And it's kind of interesting how we in our own experiences have found that people are quite reluctant to go through this process on the front end. After they go through the process, it's almost like they have uh, <laughs> an outer world experience. A lot of times it's deeply meaningful and they feel very impressed with it. But on the front end, it's a little bit like pulling the horse to water. You know, it's sort of like, you're going to love this. <laughs> <laughs> you, you definitely are. You definitely are in probably about four weeks' time. (laughs) Before then, what you're going to be doing is sending emails and following up on emails, and you're going to receive emails from us, and there's going to be a lot of encouragement along the way. But goodness me, when you open that envelope and... Because I think what's, what's so precious, I believe, and valuable about gratitude... So in one of the studies, and I think it may have been free B... What they did in study 3B is they got independent people to review these gratitude letters and then they would measure, based on those review, how surprised they think the recipients would be. And I think they may have measured uh, or, or tried to get them to estimate happiness as well. I can't fully remember because there there's like four slash five of these right. and there's like slight tweaks on each of them. Now, what's interesting is that when it when an outsider looks at some of these gratitude things there it, it i guess it's it it's difficult to to for them to fully grasp the impact that it has and i guess what i mean by that is if you open a letter that is for you if you receive a uh, uh, i guess a a collection of, of stories of people expressing their gratitude to you What's so valuable about that experience is how close to your life it is. How personal, yeah. how meaningful, how it touches on memories that yes. you hold. Yes. And it can be it can yes. be some it can sometimes be some of the smallest things. And I guess to share a little from my life as well. So with Ascentic, I was able to go through this process. And one of my best friends who I've known now for let's say 20 years. One of the stories that he wrote about me was based on the first time we had met. And we met in, in secondary school, so probably around the age of 13, 14. Mm. And he had newly joined the school. So when he came on his first day, I set a chair aside and I was like, yo, you can sit here. And for me, that was just like a mindless gesture. I didn't even think, I just thought, here's someone who's new. 
they're in a bit of a, you know, they're kind of like looking around the classroom. Here's a seat. I'm not like a horrible person. Mm-hmm. I'm not the nicest mm-hmm. person, but at least you can sit mm-hmm. here. If you don't like me, you can sit somewhere else, but I'm not going to give you a hard time. So when he was writing, he shared, I think, three different stories about me. And when I read this one, I had compl- I like for me, that was not a memory that was banked in my head at all. He had had that. So when we talk earlier about people holding on to these things and saving them to your uh, your eulogy, he had held on to that. And when he shared it with me, I was I was emotionally moved. One because it made me feel nicer about myself. I also felt emotionally moved because I felt a sense of warmth that I had done something for someone else which not only had it improved their life experience but it left a mark as well like this would have been about 25 years later yeah i mean to think about that's a story i mean can you imagine the amount of things that you forget in a year how many things i forget in a year and the idea that he moved that story forward every year for 25 years until you basically were going to die he was waiting for. He my was fe- basically so I- waiting for you to die, so that he could have like a good <laughs> eulogy story about. Let me tell you about Akin and the sort of person he is. Back in the third grade, you know, <laughs> I'm going to be seething at my funeral. It's just so interesting, and and I'm I'm loving this conversation in part because while this is a very strong bona fide academic study that's published in a great journal. Let's tell the uh, readers what journal, by the way. This is in um, Psychological Science, you know, one of our top journals in psychology. The implications of it are so large and important for how sort of we live and how we form and then build better relationships. And I find all that to be so compelling and so interesting and how this story that your mate wrote for you he wasn't going to do that. That wasn't ever going to happen. That was something he was going to let be in his brain. And then we opened up a little door. We opened the door just like Kumar and Epley are. We opened up the door. Hey, write these letters. And now both of you like each other more. You feel better about yourself. He feels better about himself. He expressed gratitude. You felt the gratitude. So interesting. Very powerful. And right now I'm looking as I'm going through these four or five different studies. Each and every case, the awkwardness is half what people think it would be. I just went through each of the results and looking. Each one of them is statistically significant. And each one of them is, you thought it was going to be X? No, it's actually 0.5x. It's, it's, it's not even like, oh, it's 20% less awkward than you thought. It's half as much again. And so it's like, it's not actually making anybody awkward, except you think it will. Mm. And that force this is what they talk about. It's almost like that's a hidden force that's holding us back from better relationships. How interesting. How Very. Odd. I guess in terms of more of the, the forces as well. So when we get to experiment uh, free, one of the things that they look at in experiment free in terms of why we aren't expressing more gratitude is this idea of competence versus warmth. And what I mean by that slash what they mean by that is if I'm going to express gratitude to someone, one of my concerns or a few of my concerns are going to be, am I able to articulate myself well? Am I able to to kind of like really capture the 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 feeling that I have? Almost and like how good of a writer communi- am I? Yes, yeah. yeah. 
And also in terms yeah. of, so those would be like the, the, the competencies. And then in terms of the warmth, is what I'm writing going to come across as friendly? And also is what I'm writing going to come across as sincere? So this, this idea of expressing gratitude sounds very simple. It's because I guess sometimes we might think of it just as a, a thank you. And a lot of people think, oh, I say thank you all the time. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of difference between saying thank you in a moment or removing yourself from a moment and then actually expressing. Correct. And so I think then what we start doing mentally, and again, this is just my my kind of like thought process here, is we start building and making this, this I guess we start making a mountain out of a molehill where really it's just express yourself yes. like yes. i am um, yes. if we can get a bit more into my personal life uh, one of my I'm friends i'm always open to that one, <laughs> one of one of my <laughs> friends moved to spain somewhere just outside of barcelona they moved there and before they left london so the, yeah so they'd left london because london is one of the most ridiculous cities to live in like you do need to have a certain i want to say steel about you because everything is 100 miles per hour everything is expensive and not only that everything just seems to involve 200 other people as well and 200 like, quid yeah yeah like, yeah i'm gonna you're gonna have to pay for the experience and here's 200 other people that you're going to have to enjoy it with as well. Um, so my friend left and we had just got to know each other before she, she left. So uh, I was recently away and we'd reconnected. So we'd stayed in touch uh, while she was away. So I was sending a voice note, which uh, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure what our demographic is, but uh, on the, on the app, what's app. Uh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> I recorded. Yeah. I recorded. <laughs> I recorded a voice, a, a, a memo. voice memo <laughs> and sent it. And in it, I was expressing how how great it was that we'd been able to have like this really cool friendship in a short period of time. And what I wanted to say was, it's like, it's a little sad that you now live in another country because we get on so well and it would be great. And after I said that, I then followed up with, like a laugh. So I was a bit like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, that sounds so cheesy. So when she replied to me, she was like, why can't you just say something nice? Why do you have to put, why do you have to undermine it? Yes. Like what you said was really lovely. Yes. And you've now kind of like undermined it a bit by. And maybe it's because you were worried about that awkwardness. Yes. In some ways, maybe it was an awkward laugh. It, yeah. It was my, I was expressing yeah. my discomfort at sh expressing gratitude yes. to someone. Yes. Send her this article. <laughs> this explains my behavior. So we're at the kind of like the, the 30 minute mark now, Dan. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess we can kind of like, I guess if there's like some gems that we want to. It's one thing I want to kind of like throw at, throw at the listeners. Warmth. Yeah, please do. What I thought was interesting about that particular piece of this is people were very worried about being seen as um, not very articulate being seen as not a good writer, being seen as incompetent when it terms, in terms of communicating. Okay, that was a worry that they had. And they were also a little worried about not being seen as very warm and not coming across as being sincere. What the evidence suggested was that uh, they were more wrong about the competence. They were wrong about both. They were both seen as very warm and seen as very competent. Both of those things were just simply not a problem. They're right at the top of the scale. On a 10-point scale, they're both people, I mean, everybody they wrote to in terms of competence and warmth, like they are both. 
Well, they were actually much more worried about the competence. And I found that to be kind of an interesting one. It's like saying, this is not something I have practiced. It's like saying, I don't generally put my thoughts down and send them to you. The very thing that you experience. I don't send WhatsApp recordings saying, here's something that's really valuable about you that I appreciate. We just don't do it. And that lack of practice, I think it probably comes out as, and now they're going to think that I am not very good at this. And so once again, it's um, very consistent with the rest of the, re- the article. That is a misperception. You know, that is... Um, If somehow you could try it once or twice and break that ice, what you would very likely find is that you and the other person would feel better about each other, that it actually would become decreasingly awkward and increasingly uh, good relationship. So if this article has one point in some ways, that's it. There's a quote that they have in here that I was going to read, and it says, civility costs nothing and buys everything And I think that's really interesting. There's another phrase that says, um, like, a smile is free. It's these things that we can do in life that create better relationships where it's cheap thrills in a way because it helps both parties and it doesn't cost anything, but you have to think different. You have to change your mindset about what's awkward, what's appropriate. I I love love some of those last notes as well. And I guess the... I don't want to say the cynic in me, but let's say the cynic in Maybe me. Maybe the critic. The, yeah, the critic. You know, slash... because to me, we should be critical. That's why we do science. Yeah, and I guess for my, my, criti- my critique, should I say, mm-hmm. won't be about the, the science. I guess it's... Because one of the things I love about a lot of these studies is when you read them, you'll always find a throwaway line where the subtext is... And now someone else can continue this good work because we are sick of it. And uh, I highlighted it somewhere in here. So yeah, there's a there's a there's a, a line in here which it's like it's it's just it's just in the the general discussion, um, and it says future research will need to clarify the actual role of expected surprise as a potential barrier to pro-social actions. And you don't really need to pay too much attention to the actual sentence or its meaning, listeners. But what I really love is that in every one of these articles, when you kind of like get towards the end, yeah. there's always one line which just kind of suggests we are sick of studying After this now. After five studies, yes. we're going to back away from the victim. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to yep. punt to the next researcher at totally. this point. But um, oh, sorry. But yeah, the the I guess the the critique that I wanted to to kind of offer, and it's just me kind of thinking. I wonder if we were to express gratitude more, would the impact of it then lessen? And that was one of the things that I had in mind. If someone is always continuously, uh, I guess it's kind of like with nice people. Part of the problem with being a nice person is. The, the nice things that you do then just become part of your identity. Mm. So it doesn't hold as much weight. Whereas if someone, every time you see them, they're a bit of a grouch, they're a bit um, aggressive, they're a bit... And then one day they bring a cake into an office. People notice. Yeah, they're the hero. Everyone's like, oh, wow, what, this is so lovely. Whereas if, let's say, Karen, she loves to bake on Sundays. So every Monday, you know, there's going to be some fresh cookies. After a while, it's just fresh cookies. And you kind of start complaining that they're not chocolate chip, don't but you? Yeah. Not, oh, she's oh, running the peanut butter. Yeah. 
So a bit of entitlement creeps yeah. in. So implications to the listener, get in there quick before we all start doing this. Totally. Get in there and start writing these gratitude letters before it becomes commonplace and therefore expected and entitled. I wanted to um, thank you, Akin. Always fun to share an article with you and squeeze that <laughs> orange of social science. Okay, listeners, in the spirit of gratitude, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our first pilot episode 